0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy.
1: Always a blessing to see people do a good job at what they do, no matter what that might be. You can go and uh, watch someone do their work. It might be a construction site or it might be a school, it might be any place. Uh, but one of the things I really enjoy watching is uh, some fellows called football players do their work and the amazing talent they have as they execute their plays and use the talent that God's given them uh, in their uh, ability to play football. Uh, I enjoy watching uh, college and high school football, especially because uh, those fellows are just beginning that process, and they're doing it as a free labor of love, so to speak, as they uh, support the team and do their work. So today I'd like to compare our Christian life to these dedicated fellows who really amaze us with their talents. And uh, it's kind of like a parable that Jesus used, Jesus used parables about a farmer who went out and, and uh, sowed his seed, or a fisherman that went out fishing, or he talked about other types of things, a person who lost some money going to search for it, or a man who went on a journey and left his money behind with his servants. So uh, we'll look at this uh, analogy, this illustration or parable of uh, football players in that same kind of a, a light. We can learn some lessons from them, not all the lessons of the Christian life, but some lessons that can help us Uh, perhaps examine our own dedication to our Lord and to the faith that we proclaim. So if we look at uh, football or any team sport, we would say first we have to do is join the team. Uh, We can't uh, get anywhere unless we're going to join the team. Uh, So many uh, professional football players, for example, they stall out. You know, they're kind of uh, waiting to sign a contract and they don't get enough money and so they don't sign the contract. And eventually, sometimes it happens that they never get around to joining on the team, so they're never able to play a ball that particular year because they haven't joined the team. Christians have to join a team too, and the team is Team Jesus, you could call it, or the team is uh, those who belong to the family of God. And we join that team when we ask Jesus to come into our heart and through the power of His Spirit to live within us and to shine out of us in the enthusiasm and the joy and the abundance of the life that he gives to us as new people in Christ. We do that, as 1 John says, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we've begun our journey with the team Jesus when we join his team in confession of our faith in him. And then football, as I said, as most sports, is a team sport. It's a team sport, and so uh, when we uh, join a team, we have to trust the other team members uh, to really uh, uh, execute their part of the process, and we see perhaps a quarterback, uh, a quarter ha- quarterback has to trust the lineman, I think it's the next slide actually, a quarterback has to, to trust the lineman if he's going to uh, uh, hold uh, Hold the football or, you know, hold the line. I was looking there at, uh, at uh, uh, there, Lucy. There you go. Couldn't think of her name. Lucy and Chuck there. Lucy cannot be trusted. You know, unlike Lucy and Charlie Brown in this, uh, in this cartoon, we have to trust one another as members of the family of God that we will do what God has called us to do in our particular giftedness. In chapter uh, 4 in Ephesians, In verse 11, he lists some of those gifted portions. He says, God gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. And in other places, like 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans chapter 12, it gives us other lists of the spiritual gifts that God gives to each one of us. And so we have to uh, be joyful and thankful for the gifts that God has given just as a lineman is thankful for the gifts of the quarterback, uh, they wouldn't win the game without that special this. and the quarterback is thankful for the gifts of the receivers uh, because you wouldn't win the game without those good receivers. You and I have to be thankful for all the different gifts in the variety of ways that God has apportioned those gifts to his people in the body of Christ. Now sometimes teams worry too much about past mistakes, Uh, Even though they're gifted players, they still make mistakes. Christians make mistakes. Uh, We we sometimes dwell on those past mistakes to the point that we don't concentrate on the present situation. We lose our enthusiasm. We lose our passion or our energy to uh, really proclaim the Lord and to live the Christian life abundantly like Christ has called us to do. And if if a team loses that, if they dwell on the past... Uh, then they're not going to be able to focus on the present and accomplish uh, the win that they have in mind uh, for that particular game. Uh, We have a scripture that tells us uh, in in Philippians, I believe it is, yeah, Philippians 3.14, it says, Paul says, Forgetting what lies behind and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the mark or press on towards the goal. Paul was thinking about football probably when he wrote this. Uh, he, he was thinking about pressing on towards that goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, to be able to live as a disciple of Jesus, uh, forgetting the past because the Lord has forgiven us of the past and uh, we can reconcile ourselves with Christ uh, by claiming the promise of His forgiveness and then live a worthy life that focuses on the present. Uh, As verse 1 says, live a life worthy of the calling of Jesus. Uh, And then verse 3 it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit because we are one body. Uh, We are team members uh, all of us on the same team working for the Lord. And then next we know that football players have to show up for practice. Uh, My uh, son In high school, the coach would say, if you don't practice, you don't what? You don't play. And so it seemed like every Friday night when we'd go to the football games, we went about 10 years between our two boys being in the band and our third son being in football, 10 years worth of watching the bench, we noticed that every week there was one or two guys sitting on the bench, and some of the coaches, depending on the teams, they even made the guys dress up in their suit like they were going to church or something on Sunday morning, so they'd really stand out sitting there on the bench uh, with all the other guys in their, in their uh, uniforms. Uh, they didn't come to practice, uh, but he made them sit on the bench. Anyhow, uh, they didn't get to play. So if we don't go to practice, we don't show up to practice Uh, we're going to know that we're going to play the way we practice. And if we haven't practiced, we're not going to play very well. Verses 12 and 13 in the passage that Pastor Dan read to us tell us what the aim of practice is. It says, "...to prepare God's people for work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ." We need encouragement, we need fellowship, we need learning, we need discipleship in order to become all of what Christ has us be as his team uh, for uh, winning the world uh, from the devil, (laughs) winning the world to become followers of Jesus Christ. So we can serve, as this verse says, as mature members of the body of Christ. And in Hebrews chapter 10 the writer puts it more bluntly, he says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Some of the early believers thought they could go off and be a Christian all by themselves. Well, they could be a Christian all by themselves, but they're not going to be very productive Christians. They're not going to be very good team members. They're not going to be able to win uh, uh, the battle against the devil if they're out there all by themselves. And then part of that practicing not only happens as we gather uh, but part of that practice happens as we study privately uh, the, the manual, uh, the rule book. Uh, you have to know when you're there in the huddle, when the quarterback calls a number for a play, you have to know what that number means and what that means as far as your responsibility on that particular play. And so uh, football players take time to study the rule book, and you and I have a rule book, don't we? We have a guidelines here in, in God's Word that we can study in private so that we can become, again, the mature uh, members of Christ's team. And then each team also is, uh, is owned by somebody. Uh, it's managed by somebody. It's coached by somebody, <laughs> And if we wanted to take the analogy into the church, we would have to say that uh, God's the owner. He's, he's the creator of the team, isn't he? He created each one of us. We could say Jesus is the general manager who looks out for us, who has provided for us uh, salvation. And the Holy Spirit is the head coach uh, who speaks to us in our hearts and through God's word and through worship and study and meditation so that we can become the player in, in Jesus' team that we need to be. Each team has that head, head, head coach and assistant coaches and, and specialty coaches. Pastors might be uh, assistant coaches. Lay leaders in the church might be special assistant coaches that have expertise in a particular area. Uh, whatever it is on Jesus' team, the coaches are uh, more like player coaches because they get right out there and play the game uh, with them. Uh, the Holy Spirit is right out there playing the game of football, uh, playing the game of uh, whatever we're doing for the Lord uh, with us. We help our church coaches by what? By praying for them, by encouraging them, by listening to them, supporting their leadership, and by carrying out the gift, the assignment that we've been given by the head coach, to do whatever he called us and and gifted us to do. We receive a blessing as we are active on the team. And uh, God receives the glory as we do the work that he's called us to do. And then to play football, we have to make contact. Now this one really stretches the analogy here. I don't want you to all jump up and run into each other here. That's not what we're thinking about here. Uh, football players make contact with each other in a, in a physical sort of way, but I think we as Christians make contact with our eyes. We have eyes that are uh, becoming aware of what's going on around us in, in the church, eyes that are aware of what's going on around us at work or in the community looking out for ways which we can use the gift that God has given us to serve him and to bring him glory. We have ears that hear, Uh, hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, hear what our brothers and sisters in the Lord might be saying to us, hear what a perfect stranger might be saying to us because God could speak to us even through a perfect stranger and direct us in what we should be doing. And then we have handshakes, or in this church it seems like a lot of hugs, Handshakes and hugs to encourage uh, one another because we all need that encouragement. Uh, We reach out and say through a hug or through a handshake that we understand uh, that we care for one another. I appreciate the way this church is active in showing uh, that appreciation to other people, reaching out and contacting people in the community when when they're in need. Uh, I've heard stories about how people have gone to help people fix their house, or leaky roof, or broken doors or windows. Uh, Some people have gone to help uh, people who have moved from one house to another house, uh, bring their pickup trucks and do the job, or uh, it might be some other way, providing meals for the sick or something. But we're in contact as Christians uh, with one another, but we're in contact with the world around us and those people who are in need. And then all football players also have to take care of their bodies and their minds. And so we have um, football players that watch their diet. Uh, They eat properly and they rest and they exercise and and they wear the right equipment. If you look on the next slide, I think we'll see that. Uh, We have uh, take care of your mind and your body, the exercise and the good food, Uh, Mentally, football players keep alert to new things. When they learn a new play, uh, they share it with others so that uh, everybody in the team uh, learns it. They're not jealous of one another or the gifts that the other people have, but they share what they learn with other team members and work together on it. Christians also have to take care of our bodies. What does the Scripture say about that? 1 Corinthians 3, it says, Your body is the temple of God who lives in you. And so if our bodies, as young and fresh as they might be, or as old and worn out as they might be, whatever the case is with your body, it's still the temple of God. And we should respect that body by taking care of it, uh, resting and eating and, and exercising, whatever it takes, so that we can be able to do what God has for us to do with the gifts he has given us. Ephesians 6:11 says, "Put on the full armor of God, which protects us from the devil's schemes." We have to there's another whole sermon, maybe we'll look at it another time, but that whole armor of God is meant to give us the equipment necessary so we can go out and win against the devil and His schemes. And uh, it takes that full armor of God to win. We're not out in competition against the, the church down the road here. We're not out in competition against uh, um, Saturday morning uh, basketball for youth, uh, you know, or Sunday morning or whatever it might be. Uh, our battle is not against flesh and blood, it says in that chapter, but against principalities and powers and uh, the, the evil of the evil one. And so we have to be putting on the full armor of God and preparing our bodies as best we can to do Uh, battle against uh, those evil ones and we know that in football um, there's a limited time what is it four quarters uh, two hours maybe three hours if you get enough commercials on tv it becomes maybe four hours Uh, uh, we we know that the the game time is limited if you're going to win the game you have to win it in the four quarters You you can't, after the game's over, say, well, let's go out here and try this other play. I just thought of a new idea. It's too late then, isn't it? They have to put what effort they have into the game. And you have to do it during the game time, before the clock runs out, before the whistle blows. And the analogy is quite evident there, isn't it? Uh, We don't live forever in this body that God gives us. Someday we're going to have a new heavenly body like Jesus and we'll be able to live together in a new heaven and a new earth. But this body is going to wear out in time. And so we need to recognize the limited nature of life. No matter how long life might be or how short it might be, we have to use the time that God gives to us uh, productively. In verses 15 and 16 it says, as we use that time we speak the truth and love. Uh, so that we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We know that Jesus will hold us together, it says in these verses, helping us to grow as a team or as a body until the time that Jesus returns for us. Most important, as we go here today, we have to remember uh, the first point. Uh, We can't get anywhere unless we join the team. We have to trust Jesus as Lord. We have to trust Him uh, that His sacrifice for us is sufficient to forgive us of our sin, and that His sacrifice for us and His resurrection then guarantees to us not only an abundant life now, playing the game that He has set before us, but also an eternal life in heaven. And as you watch football this fall and you hear conversations at work or at school or in the community, remember you're called by Jesus to join his team and be equally dedicated to helping other people win the victory over the devil's schemes, a victory that all of us need to win over sin and death. And people will not win that victory unless they hear the good news about Jesus. And you and I are a big part of sharing that good news with those around us. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to become all of what you've created us to be as part of Team Jesus. And even though this uh, parable, this illustration is not nearly as good as the illustrations and parables you give in the Scriptures, we can learn from the dedication of these people to their sport how we also must be dedicated to carry out the the work that you have called, the ministry that you've called us to perform. Lord, if there's one here today who hasn't yet joined Team Jesus, hasn't yet accepted your love and your forgiveness, this might be the day. For those of us who have joined the team, we pray, Lord, that you would reinforce in our minds and in our hearts the necessity of becoming full team members, full participants in the body of Christ. For well, we pray in Christ's name, amen. Thank you, Pastor.
0: In the 1980s, there was a coach in the NFL that was asked what his job was as coach. I'm convinced if it was Chuck Knoll, it would be painted on buildings across western Pennsylvania because this is a profoundly wise statement. He said... Uh, It's my job as a coach to make men do what they don't want to do to become the type of men that they've always dreamt of being. It's my job as a coach to make men do what they don't want to do to become the type of men that they've always dreamt of being. That's what the Spirit does in our life. You know, there's there's rough edges on us. There's things that need to be changed. There's challenges. There's breaking. There's a whole host of lessons that we need to be taught. And the Spirit comes and does that, believer. And so these trials and tribulations, these heartaches, these pains, uh, develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that we could be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If you don't know that life, uh, we want to encourage you this morning and invite you. Come and experience this thing that Jesus offers to you. If you would please stand as we sing.
1: and lift up our hands.